food fight. No playing with your food. Tomato, tomato. Episode 22 of Travel Junkies, a podcast for travel enthusiasts. Today, we're talking about La Tomatina. La Tomatina. It just rolls off the tongue, you know? (laughs) So this festival is the last Wednesday of every August. Whoa. Um, So 2018, this is going to be August the 29th. Nice. It is the last Wednesday of August. It is in the Valencian town of Buno. 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 Oh, I, I forgot the squiggly. Young. Young. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Heidi. And I'm Carmen. I listened to the podcast yes. where Carmen stepped in for me. Uh, Carmen. Kevin. <laughs> So before we start talking about Spain, I just wanted to mention yeah. something. I listened to the podcast where Kevin stepped in, you know, and co-hosted. Good job, Kevin. You guys were very entertaining that week. I was just dying laughing. Oh, good. But <laughs> I have fun with you too, you Heidi. Ta- <laughs> I'm glad you're back. <laughs> it's cool if Carmen can get her schedule on track. <laughs> I know. My Yes. <laughs> so you guys were talking about the Germans and how like a lot of Germans went to Argentina. Yeah. And this actually happened to my family. So I am German. Yeah. We have a lot of German descent and back when the war happened, our family actually split and half of them went to the United States and half of them went to Argentina. Whoa. And I didn't, I didn't know this because no one in my family ever said anything about it. And me and my oldest brother are very much into our heritage. So we try to find things out. Yeah. Well, thank you, Facebook. Facebook (laughs) helped me. And all of a sudden, I started getting all of these people with the same last name as me from Argentina adding me to Facebook. By the way, Heidi's last name is spelled very specifically. So that's why she was able to find that's Yes. My last name is very specific. Yeah. We're the only, like anybody who has it, we're all related in some sense. Yeah. But not only that, it's not a Hispanic name whatsoever. So to see all of these people in Argentina with the last same last name. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? And then Here's what really sold it to me is I found the splitting image of me in male form in Argentina. Creepy. <laughs> we are friends on Facebook and he looks just like me. Blonde hair, blue eyes, same nose. You know, I'm like, you're definitely related to me. We look almost exactly the same, which is kind of scary. That's but crazy. <clears throat> I was able to talk to one of them. And they kind of gave me the heritage about how our family split way back when and half of them went to Argentina and half of them came here. And I just thought it was really cool. Like I could have been Argentinian. I know you could. (laughs) But instead, I'm a pale, pale Southern girl. (laughs) But Heidi, we wouldn't have met in school. And then we we wouldn't have. We could have met. You lived in South America. Who knows? (laughs) No, 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 no. 
South America is a very large place. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying maybe I would have traveled to Chile one day or something. Maybe. I just think it was really interesting because I'm like, hey, Kevin was talking about that and that actually happened to my family. Yeah. I mean, the best private schools in South America are German. I went to Deutsche Schule Porto Varas and I had my tante, my uncle. So we called them aunt and uncle rather than Frau and Herr <laughs> for our teachers. But yeah, it was very, very German. Our, our school had the eagle as of the emblem, like most of the German schools. Each city has a German school almost, and we competed in basketball tournaments. And our uniforms had red, yellow, and black because of Germany. And yep, I even had a textbook from Germany that had the Great, uh, the great Wall. I mean, the, <laughs> the Berlin Wall. <laughs> it was a Great, great Wall. Walls in China. <laughs> it, was, it, it was actually a more terrifying wall than the Great Wall. But yeah, the Berlin Wall. So they even had to like give us updated text because they're like, oh, by the way, the 80s has happened. So you need a new textbook that does not have the Berlin Wall. But yeah, it's it's crazy. German is fun, though. It, I think I was able to learn it easier than my friends because German and English are related, like the language roots and everything, even though you may think they don't sound alike. But if you start studying it, you start seeing the similarities pretty well. But, but we're going to talk about Spanish now. España. Spanish? Yeah. España. Tomatoes! Tomatoes! Get ready for a water fight. No, a food fight. <laughs> a food fight. <laughs> so la tomatina, that is a food fight, yes, for grown-ups, believe it or not, that happens in August, and buñol. So if you've ever been to Spain, it's in the Valencia province. So thousands upon thousands of people, they made their way from all corners of the world. They basically come to see this huge, actually, it's called the world's biggest food fight. And what they throw, it's very specific. They're overripe tomatoes and they're thrown in the streets, which I've seen architecture in spain and it's the, the streets are narrow like if you've ever seen like the um the running of the bulls it's not very it's not highway you know measurements yeah they're pretty small like cobblestone roads yeah through these little towns so in 2013 they've been able to have about fifty thousand people that cr crammed into this these this area and they had the food fight. So they had the tomato fight. Normally, they only have 9,000 in the little city. So that's a huge influx of people just like coming in to have a food fight. And you might think that this is like destroying the place. It's not that we'll get into that in just a little bit. It's a very specific cleaning process that they do. But what I think is funny. Yes. Is like this town holds like 9,000 people. Yes. <laughs> It's a it's not a huge destination spot either. I think you kind of have to travel to it. Like what I was reading was saying you stay in a different town and you travel in for the food fight. Yes. Um, cuz there's very limited places to stay, but you end up with like 50,000 people yeah. packed in this little area. But only 20,000 can participate. Yeah, because it got so out of control that they had to make it a ticketed event. It's ridiculous. I mean, how do you shave off 30,000 people? 
I don't know. I guess you just have to have people. These people are just spectators. They don't get to participate. Kind of like the run of the bulls, right? If I understand correctly, this food fight, like there's no way to be a spectator because it just flies everywhere. (laughs) There's so much like people are on roofs throwing it. You're in the street throwing it, you know, Um, and the festival only lasts an hour. It's only an hour. So you throw as many tomatoes as you can at people in an hour. Yeah. Um, I just hate to be on that cleanup crew. I know, but we'll, we'll get into that in just a second. There's more. There's more. Sometimes there's these traditions that happen and you're like, how did they even happen? Like someone had a grudge with someone and they just started throwing things at them and then everybody joined in like in a bar fight, I guess. <laughs> and so nobody really know. knows when this started, but they're thinking around the 40s and 50s or 1944 and 1945. And and, and, and really, there's no certainty of like when this happened, but it's just a possible theory that just some friends just started fighting and then they just thought it was a funny thing. And then it's just like blown out of proportion. So as a like a bad joke and now it's just all for fun, like it's become extreme joke on the town. It's pretty funny. So interesting thought in the 1970s, it was banned because... The national religion of Spain is Catholicism. It's it's Catholics. Because of this period in the 1970s, they decided not to have it because there was a Spanish state period under Francisco Franco that did not permit any like holidays that were not of religious significance. And so this obviously has no root in religion. I hope not. <laughs> so or a faith so they just like threw it out and they're just like uh we're not gonna do that but it's back guys it's back so you should plan your ticket to get don't wear red i guess i mean sorry don't wear white wear something that will blend in because you will yeah it's gonna be nasty yeah just like when you cut a tomato open to put on a sandwich or something and then like the inside is squishy that kind of like grosses me out already so yeah i'm not really sure i think i could do it But this is not one of those festivals I think I would be gung-ho. I think I'd be over in 20 minutes. (laughs) I don't think I would make the full hour. The full hour. Yeah. No, I like ketchup. I'm just not a big fan of tomatoes. If you're going to go to this place, 11 a.m., the trucks come into the center at the Plaza del Pueblo. And if you know anything about Spanish cities, I lived... And Chile, they also had a plaza. If you go to another, it's city square and it's always a park type place or a place that people can lounge or be with their friends. So in this particular day, the trucks come in with the tomatoes and you might be thinking, well, this is a huge waste of tomatoes. They buy them cheap. We'll talk about that. And they get them from Extremadura. So that's a place where they can get them less expensive. Basically, there's a greased up wooden pole. Palo jamón. People have to reach the top to touch the ham, which already sounds like a disaster to me. Well, how's the ham get up there? No, like I'm I'm pretty sure they like tack it on and then then pull the pole up, I'm assuming. Or they do it before they grease it up. Pull the pole down. (laughs) (laughs) 
but uh, that's what I would do. I'm like, that's okay, cheating, walk, Heidi. Walk that's cheating. That's not part of what it goes on. So okay, you're supposed to get the meaty price, and then the signal for the beginning of the fight is fired by water cannons. So I don't understand what the meat has to do with the tomatoes, but that just happens before they start. <laughs> Then water cannons go off and the chaos begins. So, I mean, it's just insane. Like, there's just tomatoes everywhere. But you can only do it for an hour, like Heidi said. Like, after an hour, it's done. You cannot throw anymore. I don't know how they get people to stop. Is it, is it just like there's no more tomatoes to throw? I think they blow like a horn or something. And it's it's like once that time hits, they they have some kind of signal like you're not supposed to throw any more tomatoes. And then you just after get incarcerated. Sounds. <laughs> just, I'm like, what are you gonna do? You know? But, yeah. But yeah, it's it's only an hour, and then no more tomatoes. And they start cleaning right but, away. Like it's it's like go and done. Like there's no like oh, let's appreciate this messiness that happens in our town. <laughs> It's done. Actually, I take that back. You know, I would like to be part of this cleanup crew because it basically takes the fire department coming in with their fire trucks. Yeah. And they spray down the whole town. But what's cool, too, that they use the Roman aqueducts. You would think that the Romans would be appalled by this. That they're like, what? We constructed these things for actual day-to-day use and you instead you use them for a festival. <laughs> They use the water that like gets collected by the, or I guess it doesn't get collected. It's more of like, it's a canal, right? The aqueducts that come down. Yeah. And they're able to use yeah. that water and the fire trucks. And then the authorities are like more concerned with the cleanup. So they start cleaning right away. And anybody that's dirty doesn't really get to clean themselves. So they have to go down to the river and wash themselves before they can, I guess, go into their hotel or drive off. But that's it. So like everything, everything is done. And, and because of the acidity of the tomato, like things get squeaky clean. So it's like a plus. We use vacuums here in the United States, but if we use tomatoes, what a cleaner world it would be. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really realize tomatoes cleaned that well. I know. I thought they've always stained that well, not cleaned that well. Heidi picked this one. I think it's fabulous. I think we should go. It looks so fun. We're in. (laughs) We're in. (laughs) So like Carmen was saying, they used overripe tomatoes. Um, And I, and like all the vegetarians out there are probably thinking, oh my gosh, you wasted all those tomatoes because in the one hour battle of tomatoes, um, the town basically turns into a tomato puree. Oh gosh. Where they've used 150,000 <laughs> tomatoes, um, are squished. So that's oh, about 40 metric tons of tomatoes are squished in this town and thrown on people. So much fruit. Fruit. Exactly. Fruit. Fruit. Every time I think about tomatoes, I think about in Korea when we were teaching. Yeah. There's a side note. Side note. I had one little boy, you know, they, they have tomatoes, little small tomatoes, and they see them as fruit yeah. in Korea. So they would put them on birthday cakes. That's what I was going to say. Know, <laughs> and, <laughs> well, These cherry tomatoes little... on a birthday cake. And I'm like, <laughs> what on earth? Yeah, the first time you think it's like some kind of chocolate covered something and then you bite into it and find out it's a tomato and it's not cool. Or you think you got mint ice cream? No. You got green tea ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's a little boy that I taught who hated eating his cherry 
tomatoes. They're so good. And he was the cutest little kid. We're supposed to make them eat their lunch. They can't just not have an unbalanced meal. We have to make them eat them. And so I was strict with my kids. They didn't get up. There's only three tomatoes on his plate. Oh, gosh. But he's just crying the whole time. Like tears just rolling out of his cute little eyes with a big cherry tomato squashed up in his cheek. So his cheek is puffing out. And so now every time I see tomatoes, I think about his little face. Teacher. The crying. Like tomatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Like eat your tomatoes. That's funny. But it's actually not a massive amount of food waste. These tomatoes are basically not any good for anything else. Yeah, so this type of tomato is actually doesn't taste well. Oh. It's got a bad taste. So it's not even, it's pretty much inedible to even start with. And so that's why they use it um, because they're really cheap, like Carmen mentioned. Yeah. They're already starting to rot, Mm. but like even when they're ripe, they don't taste good. So they're basically inedible. So it's not like people are saying, like, there's a big theory out there that, oh, so all these countries that are starving could really use these tomatoes and you're wasting them. (laughs) Well, no, that's not. These tomatoes aren't even good to eat. So, I mean, if you send them all to a country who doesn't have food, they probably wouldn't eat them anyways. Yeah. And and this is really interesting because I do remember, maybe we should do a podcast about this. I'll have to research. But in Italy, they basically had to cross-pollinate so they would end up getting the tomato that we know of today. So even though tomato came from the Americas and then went over to Italy and they started making their spaghetti and everything, they had to figure out which one tasted the best. And that's the one that they ended up making popular that we love today. So that makes sense. Like if if there is a strand, not strand, but if, if there's a species of tomato that doesn't taste good, then why not? It's just someone's paying for it. It ends up being a good, so you just have to pay for water. And if the city pays for the water and then pays for the participants to come, then you got a good little business going on and you're not taking anybody's tomatoes. There's a lot of controversy over it being a waste of food. But but really, in all truth... Yeah. It's like throwing a plant that nobody likes, like dandelions. Did you know that dandelions are actually good for you? Like the whole part, like the whole plant is edible. And so they brought it over yeah, to the United States. Yeah, my grandmother used to make me go um, pick dandelion leaves so that she could make, she could have the dandelion leaves to eat. And and now I think they're a weed. And guess what? My new little puppy, Ruffles, she loves the fluffy white ball of dandelion. She goes up and chomps them. <laughs> Fun fact, Carmen. <laughs> You can actually buy dandelion leaves at Publix. What? That's a waste of time. Just kidding. Waste of money. Come to my house. People really love them. Up north, they're pretty popular. Well, I can see, I can see like pine cones, you know, they're out there in the world, but sometimes you don't live in an area that has pine cones. And so I did feel guilty buying pine cones the other day for Christmas, but I don't live near pines. But if you go up to Virginia where my parents live... There's pines out out of their ears. So, you know, sometimes you have to buy things that are that comes from nature, which is weird for me to think that. But yeah, this is very interesting. Well, so you're not wasting the tomatoes. Don't feel bad about it. OK, 
But there are some rules to this festival. You can't just oh. go in there throwing whatever you want, okay? Tell me. The city council has a very short list of instructions for safeties, set for safety for uh, for the participants. Yeah. <laughs> um, just six things. Do not throw bottles or hard objects. Like oh. some of these are so simple that you would think common sense, but... Somebody th- probably threw a bottle one day. Well, it's like the water water festival from Thailand that we talked about. Yeah. People throw other things. Glass. And it's like, no, it's called a water festival. So you throw water. This is a tomato yeah. pest festival. Pesto festival. <laughs> tomato festival. That's the yeah, idea. And so the second thing is you are not supposed to tear or throw your T-shirts. Oh, gosh. So it's not okay to walk up to someone and rip their t-shirts off them. <laughs> okay. Another common sense. <laughs> Three, you're supposed to squash the tomato before you throw it so that you're not throwing full solid tomatoes at people. Oh, my god! So you take your tomato, you squash it, and you throw it. This is like snowball fight, but with tomatoes. So there's like a technique that you have to do before you throw it. Interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, if you take a hard tomato to the face, <laughs> that's going to leave a bruise, okay? <laughs> it's like paintball, except with uh, sure, tomato-sized yeah. <laughs> balls. That would be funny, though, if you came back with a huge bruise and people asked you, like, what happened? And you're like, somebody threw me a tomato. <laughs> threw a tomato. Uh, it's almost like those, like, T-shirt guns that you could throw T-shirts, like a potato gun. Oh, yeah. a tomato gun. So you're supposed to keep a safe distance from the tomato trucks where they're the tra- trucks that come in. Gotcha. And then number five is you must stop throwing the tomatoes after the second pistol shot. So, you know, I guess maybe they have a pistol shot for the first, for like to start it and then one to end it. No more throwing tomatoes after it. And then simple, last but not least, follow the directions of the security staff. They're there for your protection. I wonder if they join in. Yeah. Join in. Simple, six rules, you know. Can you take a potato gun with you or have they made that a rule? No, I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to have a a potato gun. To shoot the tomatoes out of. I was just saying, like, I, if it were me, I would bring one. Because know, that would right? be a lot of fun, you know? <laughs> Ten tomatoes on a round. <laughs> just some useful advice for a massive food fight. Whether you're going to Spain for this tomato festival. Or if you just want to start your own in your, your school cafe or something. Um, cafeteria. Get expelled. Yeah, not endorsing that. I'm just saying. Sure. You want to wear clothes, shoes, you know. Flip-flops aren't going to be very good for you with tomatoes and food and stuff rolling all around, you know. All I can think about is spaghetti on your toes, and that seems very gross. Like we mentioned, like, wear some old clothes. Don't wear white, you know. Something you may not want to wear again, you could just throw away in the trash can. A lot of Mm. people have suggested that you... Bring a pair of goggles. You know, what? that's a brilliant idea. I wear contacts and yeah. with a bunch of people throwing food, I it'd be pretty easy to get something in my eye. So goggles, sure. you know, it's safer for you and it you don't have to wipe your eyes. You can just go and wipe the front of the goggle off. <laughs> 
<laughs> you definitely need to secure your accommodations in advance. Like, this place is packed. And then just stay safe. Enjoy, you know? That's cool. I hope they have a bus or some, like a shuttle bus or something that takes people back and forth. Because I would hate to have to walk. You know, we were talking about wet clothing, being wet clothing. Yeah. But if you were wet clothing that like had food particles... Yeah, I just wouldn't be able to walk very long in that. I know, but you go into the river. Go into the river. Yeah, but where are your dry like like, song for that. You want a dry <laughs> pair of clothes or something, you know, but you have nothing because everything's covered in tomatoes. I mean, how do you either take a change of clothes or anyway, it's just a gross. I can't do it. I can't do it. Because nobody's gonna want you to get in their she cab like moist, wet covered in tomatoes. T shirts. <laughs> or, you know, hop in an Uber when you're Uber when you're soaking wet. You know? But Spain has so many other things to offer. Yeah, Spain is more than tomatoes, okay? Sure. Tomatoes are just, <laughs> and more than bowls, okay? It is a beautiful, beautiful country, and I actually had a roommate in college who is from Spain, and her name is Fadwa. Hi, Fadwa. Hey, Fadwa. Shout out from Travel Junkies. We want to come visit you in Spain. (laughs) So if you want to know about Spain, you got to go to the the people of Spain. So I asked Fadwa. The people. Yeah. She's, She's pretty all that. Her five tips of advice for people coming to Spain. Like if you've never been before, these are the five things that she said you have to do. So number one was visit Granada, and that is a city in Spain. Well, it's the capital of a providence, but it's a providence and a city. Um, located at the foot of the Sahara Nevada Mountains, and it's got four rivers that flow into it. So it's a beautiful Ooh. city with some mountainous views, you know, and it has a very nice place that you said you have to visit called... Alhambra. 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 I need to work on my my Spanish enunciation, which is it's a palace and a fortress in that city. So it's very beautiful. It kind of sits with a mountainous view, a medieval concept, you know, um, with a throne room and courtyards and fountains. And she just said that it's beautiful. We talked about some Arabic rooted words Mm -hmm. on one of our podcasts and... Al, that's very typical to have an A-L at the beginning of a word that comes from Arabic roots. Apparently this one's called the red one. And it's very red and brick. I can see that. It's huge. Like you were saying, it's just ginormous. It is. It's very, very pretty. I want to go. Number two, she said you have to try the cheese and olives. Oh um, This makes my heart skip a beat. I love cheese. I, think- I love olives. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have been a mouse in another lifetime <laughs> because I love cheese. It doesn't matter what type of cheese. It doesn't matter what the cheese is wrapped in. I love cheese. And I also love olives. In fact, I love to put olives and cheese together on crackers and eat it as a snack. Mm, that's a good choice. Isn't it? I like that. It is. It is very nice. And okay. so... Spain has some great cheese and some great olives. Hey, Fadawa, I think you need to send us a care package. I know, (laughs) right? right? That would have been amazing. (laughs) Um, Number three is seafood. 
Spain has some of the best seafood of all sorts. I was looking at some seafood dishes while I was researching this, and it just made me hungry. It's like so fresh, really, really fresh and yummy. And they use a lot of olive oil. Mm -hmm. I bet it's just like finger looking good. Finger looking good. Uh, We say that about chicken. They say it about seafood. (laughs) (laughs) I looked up one dish that I think would be really interesting to highlight. It's called arroz negro. I guess that's how you say it, but it's a Valencian and Catalan dish. So if anybody knows about Catalonia, it's a area and it's a people group that live in the northeastern part of Spain and they have their own language, but they're still part of Spain. So, but this one, it's like super black. I, I'm trying to decipher, I think it has squid in it, but I'm trying to decipher like what kind of, so it's also like a paella. But it has cuttlefish and rice. Cuttlefish. And yeah, cuttlefish super is a type black. of squid. But yeah, it's extremely black. So I don't know if I would want to... Tr- Actually, I've had black squid as a sauce for, for pasta and it was extremely good. But you had to really brush your teeth afterwards. So mm. <laughs> it looks good though. Very dark. I thought that was different. I just realized that on this list was just like places to visit and food to eat. Um, because what more do you need? So number four know, right? was... And then somewhere to dump everything. <laughs> I know. Number four was to visit Malaga. It's in the southern part of Spain. And this is probably one of Fadoa's favorite places. And that is because yeah. they have the most beautiful beaches in Spain. And Fadawa likes the beach. Beautiful. You know, I will say, watch out what beach you go to. There are some nudist beaches. So if you're you're going to Spain, you might want to research what beach you're going to first before you're just like, oh, hey, there's a beach. Let's go on the beach. Yeah. Malaga. You can find a lot of those in France, too. Malaga. My sister went to Malaga. She did her exchange language exchange program there. And I'm so glad she went because I do not like water and she loves water. So perfect fit. But she she had beautiful pictures. Like you take a picture and it's just like color correction. Everything is amazing. Yeah, it's got so. just gorgeous water. Gorgeous, gorgeous water. And last but not least, tapas. These are small little dishes that you get when you buy drinks. Um, So somewhat like an appetizer. And, and, you know, Carmen, they have this kind of stuff in in Korea as well. But you Mm -hmm. didn't like you would just get them at the table or if you're just hanging out. These side dishes are a very cultural activity in Spain. And they're kind of to tie you over from your siesta to your dinner. A siesta. That's another thing we need to experience. But what makes these unique is that each bar creates their own unique versions. Ooh. Yeah. So depending on where you go, you know, you might get something different. But some classic ones are tortillas, tomatoes on bread, garlic prawns, fried potatoes with a spicy sauce, ham and cheese, and chorizo. Chorizo, yes. Yeah, it's a type of meat. Yeah, it's a a sausage, sausage. spicy sausage. Oh, look at me. Look at me remembering that vocabulary, Espanol. <laughs> and I've I've also gone to a Spanish restaurant in D.C., which I don't know if it's still available. If I find it, I'll put it in the show notes where you could actually get all kinds of tapas and make that part of your meal. Or you can get a paella, which is more rice-based, and then get tapas to join that. They're amazing. They're so good. I like it. Makes so, me want to come to Spain. How you would say called tapas in Chile or Argentina, they called it picada. So if you hear picada, 
same thing. It's like an appetizer. And so you can have, that's what they would call it. So different countries have different names for it, but Spain is like the king. Well, thank you guys for joining us today while we learned all about the tomato festival. We'd love to see where you've been. If you want to hear more about our festivals and our podcast, check us out at nextstopchannel.com. Feel free to hit us up on Instagram at nextstopchannel. And we are talking about Spain because it the rain in Spain falls mainly in the plain. <laughs> Those of you that like My Fair Lady. <laughs> <laughs>